Welcome to the Eating Cast. I am Chris. And I'm Vincent. And today we are joined by Ivan Ng. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing good. Uh, so, thank you for coming on. Um, I know kind of like scheduling this was really difficult and I'm just kind of like just working around what's currently going on in like um, Hong Kong and everything like that. We definitely are uh, very appreciative of uh, your time with us. Thank you. Okay, um, so let's start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I know we, you kind of shared your articles um, that was written about you. Um, you're, you're from Hong Kong, and then you kind of, you went to Hawaii and California, was that correct? Yeah, pretty much back and forth the Pacific growing up. Okay, that's pretty cool. So yeah, um, just kind of like, give us like a quick rundown. Like, um, so Ivan, who are you? Uh, what do you do? Um, what brings you, I guess, uh, back to Hong Kong and kind of like uh, where your current like um, passions kind of like lie in? Um, well, I'm a, currently a freelance photographer. I was working in California mm -hmm. and um, recently just came back to Hong Kong in September to, okay. to do my part in this protest and to also document. Okay, awesome. So like, um, I guess like with documenting everything that's going on in Hong Kong right now, like, um, can you just kind of like give us like a, a insider perspective of like what's actually like going on, how severe is it, or how severe is kind of like the protests kind of like going on right now? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, You're fine. It's actually kind of all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. What? Western media, well, what I think I'm pretty sure most people see see what's happening through Western media mm -hmm. and um, all the things that they've been showing are actually happening and they show the best of what they got, right? So the mm -hmm. best footage they got, the best photos yeah. they have. And, um, so everything everyone's been seeing overseas are, the, are usually um, pretty intense, pretty violent. And pretty um, massive scale wide, but it's actually um, it it really depends on where you are and what time it is because normal life is still happening. People are still going to work. Mm -hmm. um, there's still people that are going on with their daily entertainment. You know, people are still um, tourists are still coming in. Not a lot, but tourists are still coming in. Um, businesses are still open. People are still. Um, going to work, doing their daily things. People are, are not college students, but um, since colleges are pretty much done for the whole semester, um, mm -hmm. pe people like elementary, middle schools and high school are still going to school. And as I said, um, there's still trade shows happening. There's still other stuff like local events or concerts that are still happening. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the entire city is on fire 24-7. <laughs> yeah, that's what it makes and, they make it um, seem like. Yeah. A lot, well, yeah, well, a lot of things are still functioning, mm -hmm. and to be honest, if you're just doing your thing and you're not sure what's happening, which is not possible, but like, um, like you, it won't, you won't be surprised if you're just walking around and then all of a sudden the next street is filled with people and there's like smoke coming out of it, but mm -hmm. then like another block down things are still pretty normal, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, um, is Blue Morning Post, is that, that's Eastern Media, right? You mean South China Morning Post? Oh, South South China Morning Post, is that what it's called? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, they, their logo it, is blue and yellow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's crazy because like they were, I think they, they had an article saying like how one day, you know, they have, you guys have all these, um, I don't want to say, uh, like remnants of the protests, right, of the action. Um, and then the next morning, like, it's all cleaned up, like, real quick. <clears throat> so, um, when we, when we see riots or, like, large-scale protests on global media, um, I can be wrong, right? Just for me, myself, um, when I usually see news like these, they take place in, like, places like uh, South America or like mm -hmm. um, Africa, maybe like some 
not so developed um, cities. Yeah, like a country. I see these things happening. Mm-hmm. And um, Hong Kong is, at the end of the day, Hong Kong is a developed place. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a place with a lot of, lots of money, lots of educated people, yeah. and it's, it's it's a major city. So at the end of the day, um, even though living conditions can be harsh for a lot of people, as in like things being too expensive, people still have a place to live. They still mm-hmm. have enough to eat. They may not. They may have a hard time affording good housing and struggling to maintain a healthy healthy lifestyle. But the majority of the city, people Hong Kong, mm-hmm. are still receiving good education. Um, Living a good life compared to the rest of the world, still have enough to eat and etc. Mm-hmm. So the level of violence can only reach a certain level. Right. Right. It's like the Asian yeah. in us, you know. We make a mess and then we clean it up. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's at the end of the day, like a um, I'm gonna say it in a nice way. It's, it's just hard for, yeah, first of all, I just said, being Asian itself is already, is really, really hard for Asian, Asian people mm-hmm. to reach a certain level of, of, of violence and barbaricness, if that's a word, you know what I mean? Right. We don't even so, speak up, like, to, to begin with, so this is, like, different, you know? I'm sorry? Like, I feel like in mo- most Asian people, we have a hard time, like, speaking up for ourselves. So this like protest in and of itself, you know, when you say the city has spoken, it's it's also kind of going against that norm of like Asian people don't ever speak up against, you know, the masses, but now you guys are, and then that's that's like changing that, you know what I mean? <clears throat> mm, I think that's just a um that's just something that um Asian Americans experience. Because mm. I um I don't think there's a problem with people speaking up in Hong Kong. Okay. And so I don't think that's ever a problem. But um, if you want to address the point where like people are finally speaking up, is let's just say that um, people people in Hong Kong are very caught up in their everyday lives. Uh, it's a very busy place. Mm-hmm. People have a hard time trying to keep up. It's it's hard to like. There's so much happening in the city that people in Hong Kong usually just get so caught up in their everyday lives that they become numb to a lot of things, especially politics. Mm-hmm. And then, um, which which leads to a lot of problems not being addressed or a lot of people not coming out to keep the government in check. What, what sparked the protests in Hong Kong? Uh, protest, the protests in Hong Kong was sparked by a proposal of this bill called the um, extradition bill, which will allow many countries, or if the, if the bill were to pass, it will allow many countries, including China, to to extract criminals from Hong Kong to be tried in their country. So, mm-hmm. so, so if a Hong Kong citizen committed a crime, a serious crime, say in the UK, then the UK government, after multiple processes can extract the so-called criminal to be tried where the person committed a crime. Okay. Because there's laws currently that will, there's no solid laws that really allow this process to happen in Hong Kong at the moment. Okay. So then like, um, it's with the speed up of uh, kind of like the extradition, extradite, Extradition. extradition bill um so that's causing like a lot of the current havoc that's kind of um or the, a lot of the protests that are currently happening in hong kong a lot of people were against the bill yeah in the beginning so like bark back bark. back in like march april a lot of people um this is a lot of public noise forcing their objection with this bill because they fear that because with this bill one of the countries in the list of countries that will that can extract criminals is China. Mm-hmm. And there's huge distrust towards China because mm-hmm. many people fear, it's just fear, right? It's not gonna, it might not happen immediately or it might not ever happen, but the fear is that if this bill passes, then 
China can pretty much um, extract people that commit a crime right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. out of Hong Kong. Right. Um, and then you said, so when did the very first, you said the very first process started early March, right? That's when um, people start, that's when there's a lot of noise. Right. Again, and people started like objecting it. And there's been like, there's been like, like um, rallies and like um, um, activists and pretty much like a lot of people were just talking about it and saying how um, this can lead to this, how this is good, how this is bad. Uh-huh. And then it ultimately um, the government managed to push forward with the bill. And then in June, there is a, in June 9th, there is a big march. And the purpose of the march was to, um, also people to voice their objection for this bill. Right. And, and back then, it was probably one of the largest rallies Hong Kong ever had. Uh, around a million people came out, which is, okay, that's cool. You know, a lot of people came out to voice their objection for this bill. A million people. A million people sound a lot, but that's almost one-seventh the population of Hong Kong. So that's like more than ten percent of the mm-hmm. population came out. Is, is June 9th, Is that when it start? Uh, the Hong Kongers started to get a little bit more like aggressive with their demands, pretty much. Was um, that the turning point? So no. So so back then everything was just normal. It was just a rally where the turnout was huge, and everything. For the most part, was peaceful. Like there, there, there's definitely conversation. Maybe like some people had a fight there and there. Maybe um, some people were really um, pe- um, aggressive and had a few um, conflicts with the police. But mm-hmm. for the most part, a lot of people came out, did their march, and went home. And what what happened was on the same night that the march took place. Um, Carrie Lam, the chief executive of Hong Kong, came out to make an announcement saying pretty much like, uh, we we knew and we saw a lot of people came out today. Mm-hmm. And we, this is why Hong Kong is a good place because there's um, your right to protest, your right to express your, your concern, et cetera, et cetera. But then like, she ended her, she ended her, um, press conference saying that like moving forward we will now expedite the bill. So for and back in June, Hong Kong was it was in summer, it's very hot and humid. And it's just no it's really uncomfortable to be on the streets. So you have all these people who came out to like to voice their um opinion, but also like they're sweaty, it was hot, it was mm-hmm. not comfortable. And then now like, you tell them like, thank you, noted. We're going to pass the bill still. Faster. So, faster. <laughs> faster so, now. We're going to yeah. now. So, yeah. that definitely got a lot of people angry. So, so now what? So, now the government's going to pass the bill. They're going to expedite the bill. They're going to expedite the bill and, and push it for a second hearing, which is the process, on June 12th. Mm-hmm. So people were like, wow, okay, we, we can't let this bill pass. Yeah. So people decided to, so the, the people of Hong Kong decided to surround the legislative building. There's a building called the Legco, which is like the White House in Hong Kong, I guess, the government mm-hmm. building. So on June 12th, people, a lot of people went to pretty much surround the legislative council building so that people can't go in so that people can't go in to like so that the um the legislatures can't go in to um move forward with the um process so a lot of people so on the on june 12th a lot of people came out the whole area was packed of people people were pretty much holding the building siege mm-hmm. to prevent people to prevent the process from happening and and that led to um, that led to 
if I remember correctly, kind of like a mop up operation by the police, where mm-hmm. the police came out, where riot police came out to um, disperse the crowd. And the method they used, the people of Hong Kong did not like. They believed it was too, for what it was, it was too violent and too aggressive. And that was a turning point, pretty mm-hmm. much, June 12. Mm-hmm. Where, um, and you were you were in Hong Kong at this point, right? You you were documenting. So I was in California. Oh, okay. Just, so when when did you go to uh, Hong Kong? I so this whole thing dragged on from June to July to August mm-hmm. and to September. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, so much has happened already. I I myself as a Hong Konger, I couldn't take it anymore. So I decided to just drop everything I have to fly back to do my part in this, mm-hmm. uh, but also document because at that point, this it this whole movement has already reached a point of no return. Right. Like, something big is going to happen at the end, whenever it was. And whatever happens, it will be in history textbook. It might yeah. be a paragraph, it might be a page, I don't know. It will be, it has to be in some textbook at some time in the future. So yeah, I, and this is like really important for the history of Hong Kong. So for me, like I have to be part of it. Right. Yeah. How how did it make your parents feel when you um, decided to you know leave the states? Because I know you had a, a better job, right? I wouldn't say a better job, but it's it's not bad. It's okay, right? But right. Uh, my parents decided to leave Hong Kong. After the um, um, the handover, because so after the handover, a lot of people in Hong Kong don't believe that things will remain the way it is. Mm-hmm. They don't that Hong Kong will prosper under China. So a lot of people uh, left Hong Kong out of fear or um, lack of confidence, et cetera, et cetera. That's and I was part of the first group that that emigrated out of Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and we emigrated to. California, we settled down, and eventually I became a U.S. citizen. So now I'm a dual citizen. So like when all this started happening, my parents are, I'm pretty sure my parents are like secretly just kind of like laughing because they knew, they're not <laughs> laughing, but like, the back because they're like, yeah, uh, right, the gamble was worth it because now that this is all happening, my children can have a good education, have a comfortable life in the U.S., Safe mm-hmm. from all this. I mean, it's not like Hong Kong is is um, breaking down or like thing people are, you know. It's just like, yeah. So, so then they were glad that I'm me and my sister are in the U.S. So when I told them that I'm gonna come back, uh, of course they were pretty unhappy. Mm-hmm. And plus, being um, being um, not tech tech savvy and like kind of part of the older uh, older age group, they see everything happening in Hong Kong more severe as what it is. So naturally, they were pretty unhappy that I'm going back. Yeah. Um. What is it like for you to be on the front lines as a photographer? Um, I would assume you, you also experience like close danger too, right? Yes, it's definitely very dangerous. Um, so before I went, I was definitely before I went, I was definitely worried, concerned because like things seem pretty dangerous. I don't know what, I don't know how I can fully protect myself, but like everyone else is in the front. So mm-hmm. should be fine, right? When I so like before I first ever stepped foot in the front lines, there's definitely a lot of fear and like concerns. But for me, once I was in the front and once things are happening, I it's I would say eh. <laughs> like eh. because like once I start doing my thing, I get really into it and mm-hmm. it become in the zone, I guess. So I, so it's when stuff happens in the front, I'm just like, okay, this is happening. 
I'm just going to try my best to, to, um, to just capture and get the bigger picture and that kind of stuff. Yeah. What ha has anyone been um, like detained by the police after protests, like after the nights? You know, if, if they like catch your identity, has has that happened to anyone yet? You mean has anyone with me or like I don't get it. like has anyone anyone uh, uh the, for the Hong Kong uh, people that that participate in the protests um and let's say after life resumes in the city do police still try to go after them if they catch you if they know who you are okay well today there's been over if I'm updated fifty five hundred people arrested today since. June. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it has now reached a point where they are abusing the power of arrest. Mm -hmm. um, yes, the people they arrest most likely have participated, but legally, a lot of those arrests, a lot of those arrests are not going to be, how do I say it? Of the 5,000 plus people that are arrested, at least 4,000 of them will be unable to be charged in court. Mm -hmm. So they were like because, unjustified arrests. Yes, and just that's the word, unjustified arrests. Because yeah. yes, maybe some people um, changed their clothes very quickly and then ran. And when they're running away, they got caught. Mm. From a legal standpoint, they could be like, I was just walking by. Look, there's no evidence of me in the protest because I was covered up. But because of, because everyone was covered up and all black, but you arrested me wearing like, I don't know, Hollister and neon jeans, that kind of stuff. Mm. How can you prove that that was me? Or this is a video of, here's a video of, someone throwing stuff well yeah i was not wearing the hat i was not wearing the hoodie and you can't even see your face so so legally assuming that the legal the ju judicial part of hong kong is not, is not corrupted you can't really charge him mm. or whatever crime and and they also like throw um how do i say it Have you seen corruptions in among the Hong Kong like police force? I'm sure, right? I wouldn't say corruption, but like I've been on the front, and so I've been on the front. So I I constantly will be standing near or next to the police, and this is from this is my opinion. I don't think they're acting. I don't think it's actually my opinion. It's actually a fact. There's there's like just my observation. There's Images and there's videos on the internet. These so-called police aren't even acting professionally anymore mm -hmm. because they talk back to you, they they make jokes, they they criticize you, they 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 defame anyone they see in sight verbally or with action. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I think a police. It's just someone who enforces the law and maintains order. Yeah. So I don't think they have the power or right to to insult or defame anyone or to treat anyone that's not yet proven guilty as a criminal. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. So I guess um, I get like uh, my question now, right? Like, kind of with the protests and everything like kind of dragging on for so long. And recently with, um, I guess, President Trump's um, signing of the bill, uh, I believe it was the Hong Kong... Uh, the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like with the signing of that bill, um, has, or would you, did you notice like anything, like any type of shift in terms of like, violence or like intensity within like um i guess the police kind of like controlling the protests as well as kind of like 
protesters like reactions to police? Yeah, so um, this bill has been in discussion, I think, mm -hmm. since the beginning of September. I could be wrong. Okay. But um, every time there's major news about this bill that came out, I noticed the attitude of the police and the government changes mm -hmm. and comes down. So um, I remember when the bill was passed in the House. Mm -hmm. It was passing the house, I think, right before some rallies. Mm -hmm. And at the rally, I see a um, big change in police attitude. For example, they could be they were more polite and more, um, more what's that word? Like more self control. Mm -hmm. But then soon they would just spiral back down to like out of control and rude. But then after the Senate passed it. Then again, you see their behavior more, um, more diluted, more back to normal, just a little bit. And then now, and, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then it just spiraled out of control again, and it became even worse. And then, and then now that it's passed, now that the bill is passed, um, surprisingly, all the rallies and marches that people apply for because because starting in august police have police have been banning marches and rallies they because to have a rally and march in hong kong you need to first um register and the police has to approve it mm -hmm. and and um protesting is a right is a human is a right in hong kong so the police does not ban any march or rally unless it's a big reason when to do so mm -hmm. for example oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna march through this road that's under construction then the police would be like well how about you change your route because this route is dangerous and then they approve it mm -hmm. but otherwise um all rally and marches the police approves it and the approval process is pretty much the approval process is not like yes or no it's just like let's make sure this becomes a safe event and we'll modify it and we'll recommend you to change your event or whatever, depending on safety. Mm -hmm. And then we'll let you do it. Mm -hmm. Rejecting is not a thing, pretty much, unless it's like, I insist on marching through this dangerous street. And I know it's dangerous. Okay, fine. Reject. Right. But since August, they've been rejecting pretty much almost all rally and marches for uh, multiple reasons that they believe. But once the bill is passed last week, all the marches and rallies have been approved. But that, but then like approved marches and approved marches doesn't mean that the police won't do things to to jeopardize its safety. Yeah, right. is the is the Chinese government still um, in that small city outside of Hong Kong, like the border, right? What do you mean? Um, from what I remember, like the Chinese government sent an army to sit next to like the border of Hong Kong. Am I correct or wrong? Yeah, that happened in like August. But oh, like, is it still there? Are they still there? Truth to be told, no one really followed up with that because the the truth is, um, the people of Hong Kong are not scared army because they know that the army will won't come down ever. Like, despite all the threats that Chinese people make, the people of Hong Kong know that it won't ever happen. Mm -hmm. Because they know that if the army does come to Hong Kong, then the people that actually will face the consequences are everyone else but them. Right. Because then, um, well, supposedly then, um, companies overseas will react to it they might lose trust in the city they might lose a lot of things that pretty much won't affect the people of hong kong will happen mm -hmm. okay so the so every time the chinese government threatens to use military the people of hong kong will either just ignore it or like goes out for one year or just like make jokes out of it right that kind of stuff
And then in the city, currently the residents, do you see any signs of like, um, I guess, discrimination against someone who would speak Mandarin or someone who would speak Cantonese? Because my friends who said they would visit Hong Kong, they would they see some business owners would turn down customers because of like accents or even if they spoke a different dialect. Yeah, and especially now because um, since the whole thing has started, less and less mainland Chinese tourists and individuals has been appearing in the city. So if they do appear, it's even more easy to identify them. Mm -hmm. So um, while um, I think the business owner rejecting their business is a rare thing, I don't think anyone, I think that the chance of that happening is very low. But a business owner might, you know, take them in, but in their head be like, I don't like you. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's 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 a myth that like if you speak Chinese or you're paying difference, you'll automatically be like targeted, get assaulted, or like be hit. Mm -hmm. But like um the the from what I observed, you can if you have different opinions and you express them, people might yell at you. People might do at you, but um, I don't think you'll be hurt if you don't make the move to hurt someone. Right. Mm -hmm. And and um, there's definitely people that will make faces or like roll their eyes if someone that appears to be from mainland China appears in their near vicinity. Mm -hmm. Who would you say um, currently are like the f uh, allies of the, the protesters and then who are the enemies? Because I know from the uh, Southeast Morning Post, they talked about like these guys in white t-shirts or black t-shirts and they're actually like sent from China or like they hired thugs or something like that. Um, can you tell me more about, tell us a little bit more about that? So the dynamics of this whole protest would, um, the whole, for the whole protest, the dynamics of people and other institutions rapidly changes. So, like for all the questions that I've been asked, if you the answers that I will give now, and the answers that I will give you next week will completely be different. Mm, they change. And in some yeah. cases, in some cases, it won't even be relevant anymore. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, back in July um. A group of gangsters in white came out to attack to to pretty much um, attack people that were in the subway and they claimed that they're targeting people in black shirts because they're protesters mm. um, while this is a while this is a still a big event people are still um, healing from it mm -hmm. like the whole black shirt white shirt thing isn't really discussed or concerned or thought anymore like to answer the question um like who are the people in white you mean or like who... yeah no i was just wondering the distinction because all i know is white t-shirt people and people in black t-shirts like that's all i knew yeah mm. i mean you, uh -oh. you pretty much answered the question okay um, and then I know one of the questions we have here is, what are, what's the uh, significance of the five demands and that one less? Um, so, so I guess I'll just uh, repeat the five demands again. The five demands are um, first to retract the exhibition bill, two to um, it it used to be to retract the characterization of riot for the events of June twelfth. But the overall, it's just like retract to not call anything or establish anything as right. That's number two. Mm -hmm. Number three is to um, establish an independent police investigation, an independent inquiry into police action. So like an independent investigation. And fourth is to um, re uh, release, it used to be release or pardon all the people arrested on June 12th. Mm -hmm. Now it's just um, pretty much pardon everyone that's involved. And fifth, to immediately establish universal suffrage. Okay, so um, 
first of all, the five demands, the so-called five demands, everyone has their own opinion slash version of their own five demands. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no one set written set of five demands that people demand. So what I think the five demands are versus what my friends think the five demands are, are different, but not too different. Yeah. Some people even believe that they should be six demands. So with all, but um, while everyone's goals are different, mm -hmm. they're not too different. Right, they're all they're on, pretty much on the same page, right? They're all on the same page, pretty much. Yeah. And while everyone's version of their five slash six, maybe seven demands are different, mm -hmm. it still leads to the same ultimate goal, which is to to fight for universal suffrage. Right. So then we and so then now you have the opposing side where people might. Um, criticize Hong Kong for trying to fight for independence or saying that um, they're trying to um, they're using immature means or immature thinking to 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 argue or strive for things that are impossible but um, while everyone's version of the demands are different they're pretty much mostly same and everything that people have been demanding for by far has is um is legal doable and reasonable and within the basic laws and the hong kong basic law is pretty much the equivalent of the u.s constitution mm -hmm. or the, the 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 amendments the amendments yeah. mm -hmm. oh you know so, that, and, oh sorry go ahead yeah so everything that people have been asking for either has been done before slash it's it's slash it's totally legal and doable right, right? so um withdraw the bill withdrawing bills is a common process in any government right mm -hmm. that's, that's done already okay um retract the character retract the label right and anything that's actually that's just like personal opinion, right? You can call it a riot, you cannot call it a riot. It won't really matter much. Um, the only thing where I see it matters is um, people's pride or like mm -hmm. what they think is right or wrong. And also um, in the case of insurance, because mm -hmm. most insurance, whether it's a company event, personal property, or like whatever insurance, a lot of these insurance policies don't cover anything if they fall under the label of riot. Yeah. A lot of people that got hurt, arrested, got their properties damaged, et cetera, et cetera, might want the characterization, right? Want the government to call, to say it's not a riot. So if the government mm -hmm. says it's not a riot, they're like, yo, um, agent, can, the government said it was not a riot. I want to pursue my claim again. Right. right? That's a small, that's the smallest concern, least concern of all the rest of the things. Mm. Um, like, Yes. Uh, no, keep going. Go ahead. Independent inquiry of police action. So, um, a lot of people in Hong Kong have, or a lot of people in Hong Kong believe that at first the, the police action was questionable and unacceptable. But now it's gotten to a point where people just does not believe the police is even doing anything right anymore. Mm -hmm. So while some people are still calling for independent investigation to investigate all the all the wrong things that the police have done in the past, some people instead will want to, instead of staying independent investigation, they will call for restructuring of the police. They will call for disbandment of the police, like to just like fire everyone and restart the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess the third demand was is to either. Um, Looking to punish or reform the whole police, which is done before because I believe that in Mexico, not too long ago, um, 
a whole police force, a whole police forces was disbanded and re reassembled because right. of corruption or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's doable. Either look into or do something to to deal with the public's distrust of the police. I think it's there has to be a solution and it's doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, pardon all crimes. So so originally it's to pardon the crimes of June twelfth, but now a lot of people want everyone arrested to be pardoned because because um they believe this whole thing was to keep the government in check. They believe that um as the people of Hong Kong they have the right to defend their rights and mm-hmm. to pursue what was already promised to them. So yeah. a lot of them believe that they didn't do anything wrong. So but then like some people are like, oh well some people vandalize, some people like um hurt other people, that's just that's a different debate. But like um there has been a, a mass pardon done before. Um I think in nineteen sixty seven there's big riots in Hong Kong and it ended with like a lot of people being pardoned. I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, people still had their criminal sentence, like their criminal Family charges, but I think a lot of them didn't really go to jail. I need to look into that. But like, with that said, a pardon on a massive scale has been done in front of Hong Kong. So a lot of people think that it's still doable. Plus, of all the people arrested, more than half of them aren't even justified arrested. Right. You, so like, a teacher that got arrested on June 12th was charged for rioting. And recently, he finishes um he finishes legal process. He was um, charged as not guilty. So like, if someone was on site on June 12th and can't even be charged as riot, it's gonna be hard for other people arrested later on to be charged for other crimes. You know? Yeah. And then last but not least, uh, elections. Oh. Universal suffrage is part of the common law, or yeah, common law, a basic law of Hong Kong. Like the whole process of election is in the constitution of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It's in there, black and white. So for that to happen, which is supposed to happen, is something that will have to be done. Right, right. Um, and none and of these, um, none of these five demands strive for um, so-called Hong Kong independence or destroying Hong Kong. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you think, if if you think that Hong Kong people voting for their own leader is striving for independence, then then you're right. Then then they're striving for independence. But then like not everyone has the same um, view. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for sharing that. So uh, before we wrap up, actually, we have a few questions from the audience. Um, so let's kind of go through those. It's uh, perfect that you mentioned the Constitution because um, one of the this guy named Matt, he said, well, what the impact, what impact would the Second Amendment like we do in the U.S. have on the Hong, on Hong Kong? So the right to bear arms. Do you think that would affect the protest? Differently, do you think Hong Kongers would, like, if, if they had the chance, kind of just go up guns blazing? You mean how it would be different if Hong Kong has, Hong Kong people have the right to bear arms? Yeah. It definitely will be a lot more violent. Mm-hmm. And and um, if the government, if the people pull of Hong Kong have guns, then things would definitely be a lot more serious. And... I think if the government and China is unwilling to back down, they are more likely to be forced to use military force to end the conflict if they refuse to concede the demands of the people of Hong Kong. Sherry asked, um, she's also a resident of Hong Kong, why has the Chinese government not done anything to react to these protesters? And does the Chinese government really think the protesters will back down? Um, I think the Chinese government has definitely done a lot. 
reacting to his protests. Um, there's been a huge surge of um, what we call Wumaos or like internet trolls that's been um, spreading comments and unpopular opinions that go against the people of Hong Kong and their actions. And um, since the protest has begun, there's been a surge of dead bodies found in the city. More than 200, I believe, to date. And um, a lot of people believe that these dead bodies were people that are arrested in Hong Kong and killed by either people in China or Chinese police. Or a lot of people like to think that um, there's Chinese police mixed in with the Hong Kong police, which has led to many people arrested being killed. So obviously, I don't know the truth. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, there definitely has to be an explanation to this sudden surge of dead bodies found all over the city, mm-hmm. where there where their their um, cause of death is suspicious, but the police would um, insist that there's no suspicion. Well, the follow-up question to that was. How do you guys deal with traitors amongst yourselves? Um, so there's no such things really because um, there's been other um, so-called movements in the past. There's been the Umbrella Revolution in 2014. There was a um, movement called the Fishball Revolution in, in 2016, 2017. And um, the reason why those past two movements failed was because people failed to um, failed to reach a consensus, failed to agree with one another, and everyone had different um, methods in achieve, to achieving their goals. So in 2014, there were a group of people who were pretty um, who were violent, and those that were um, anti-violent did not agree with it. Mm-hmm. And um, there there are people who have different opinions on how certain things should be done, et cetera, et cetera, that led to like um, dissolution amongst their protesters. So learning from the mistakes of um, the past two protests in Hong Kong history, um, it's really interesting because this whole thing started um, with no, because I think the New York, New York Times, no, Times Magazine said it really good, that this whole movement was leaderless by design so from june to now everything that's happened was a consensus of the majority mm. there is no there, there might have been like um activists that came out to to speak or, or organize things but to this point there's no single leader or a group of leaders that are in charge and make decisions for people everything mm. happens today are all consensus and agreement of the majority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And learning from the failures of 2014 and 2017, um, just kind of like a, how do I say, an oath or like a... Um, like an unspoken rule? Unspoken rules. There are, so since June, there's been many unspoken rules that have been established. And what if fears are like... Um, um, I don't know how to say it in English, but like non-splitting, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, no matter how serious it is, if someone does something that you don't like or is very um, unsettling, but if that action is oriented with everyone else's goals, you will accept it. Right. And how so, do you guys, what, what are like means of communication? How do you guys communicate goals, objectives, and um, uh, I guess methods even? If you if you don't have, you don't want to say, you, you don't have to say that. Well, I mean, it's not a secret, but like um, there's a online platform called um, like G, L-I-G-H-K. And it's pretty much Hong Kong's version of Reddit. It, it pretty much functions the same, almost like Reddit. But the only difference is to like, excuse me, to use 
like G, you have to like have a proof that you're like local. Mm-hmm. So while anyone online, even any while anyone online can open it and look through it and read it, it's mostly Chinese. You can't really comment or like post stuff unless you have an account. And again, account you have to be local, and there's ways to like to vet that. So like, as we all know, Reddit has an upvote feature, right? So if someone mm-hmm. says something and it gets enough upvotes, it will, it will reach the main page. And then that's how consensus are made, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone makes a post, like anyone, like because like um, just like Reddit, anyone and on the platform is anonymous, and you can always change your name, etc., etc. Someone will post, "Hey, um, let's occupy the airport on Monday." Mm-hmm. You write it, you post it, right? People see it, they upload it. Did not vote it. If you even comment on it, if it gets enough engagement, it will eventually reach the main page, the, the top, right? Right. And that people will see it, and more mm-hmm. people will either agree or disagree with it. So then, like, right. if someone gets enough votes, then you know that this is okay. This is it. But that was the, that was the beginning, right? So like, um, over this whole movement, the use of the app called Telegram has has grown. So. At first, it was just use of like um, a way to like spread news and information, but um, over time, small Telegram groups, so Telegram is the chatting platform. It's like Line, Kakao Talk. But what's so special about Telegram is that anyone can make an account and be anonymous. You need a phone number. You need address. You can be completely anonymous. Mm-hmm. And over time, small Telegram groups have been created. With purposes. So, for example, um, someone created a group, a, a Telegram group, for volunteer drivers, and then someone created a Telegram group for um, to make posters, graphic designs, and then someone make Telegram groups for um, donations. Right. Over time, those groups start to get more and more people joining them. And eventually, there's many groups with different purposes that exist on Telegram, mm-hmm. and everyone will, or at least like two or three of them, right? So eventually, um, everyone has their own role in this whole movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am a four-year-old person that I, I I have a car, so I joined a car group. So in this movement, I am now a driver. Right, someone who is an artist, like who can do really good graffiti, is in the graffiti group. So now their role in this group is to do graffiti or something related to it. Right, right. There's even groups for um for neighborhoods. Right, every neighborhood or community or the districts of Hong Kong has their own group. So now, even if the plat, even if the platform like G is down, and the government shuts it down, which is pretty hard for them to do. You can't really stop the whole movement because people already have their own groups on whatever already. Yeah. So like,、uh. um, because because the platform like G since August has constantly been attacked by outsiders、mm-hmm. through like DDoS attacks. Yeah. So that platform normally on usually slow or like you can't even log in that kind of stuff. But it doesn't really work anywhere because people already have their own groups, and within the groups, there's bigger groups, and so on, and so on, and so on. Right, and they communicate amongst themselves, right?、Yeah. Um, okay, so next question.、Um, this is from my dad.、Uh, he was just a little more curious. He says, "What happens by 2047 if the revolution fails? What what would you guys do at that point?" Well, so this is why I think right. Um, I think if so, so since June, the level of police brutality, suppression, and、um, government corruption has increased and more and more more often seen. I think if this is to end, that 
that those aspects like corruption and brutality will not drop. I think, um, I personally think that this was a good opportunity for Hong Kong and China to step up their level of oppression. It gives an excuse to like step it up. So if this movement fails, um, I think that that will change. The level of oppression will remain and the level of government corruption will also remain and eventually get worse. And eventually um, make Hong Kong into like some sort of, I don't know how to explain it, like, like a, a doppelganger city mm-hmm. where like, where like the, the government and institutions will make everything look like it's normal and doing great, but in reality, the people of that are living inside are no longer Hong Kong people, mm-hmm. but like Chinese people doing right. stuff. So kind of like a social camouflage. Yeah, more yeah, or less. I think it's camouflage. Yeah, yeah. So I think if this movie fails, um, um, if this movie fails, it would be a lot harder for people to, for this many people to reunite, reunite again, and and um, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like likewise, it's at this point it's really hard for this to fail because so many people in Hong Kong, I believe, more than more than half of the city, are now on the same page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think this is a matter of winning or losing. It's just how long will this fire continue? Right. And personally, I think that um. To look at this more broadly, I don't think China will end Hong Kong's special status because I believe um, China is taking advantage of Hong Kong's special status to benefit itself and vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like, there's always been news saying, like, oh, um, Shenzhen or Shanghai or Singapore will replace Hong Kong, etc. But um, the fact is, it hasn't yet. And it won't likely be replacing Hong Kong because what foreign investors like about Hong Kong is it's it's that it's like it's a pretty free place, right? Freedom in terms of like human rights, freedom in terms of like um, the open market. Yeah, regulations are not very as tight. So because such values exist, they believe that it's a safe place for them to be at. So. I would say that let's say people don't succeed this time or don't succeed in general. In 2047, China will take Hong Kong back. It will probably um, um, change Hong Kong to the way China likes it. China will, will like probably, yeah, modify Hong Kong to its likeness, but keep, or like I say, camouflage it. As if it's still the same place, yeah, mm-hmm. and keep its status, <clears throat> but also Im- impose new laws like, like change some laws so that you can like mock the party or uh, change some laws so yeah you have more control of the internet. Yeah, so China will but, have more control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but slowly, very 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 slowly, do it because you all of a sudden if they do it, if overnight they change city, then people will be like, whoa, not good, mm-hmm. I'm out. Right, but if you do it little by little, then it's then it would be like, so let's say you're a company investing in Hong Kong, right? If they make small changes to to Hong Kong, the company not, can adjust and adapt, right? Well, I yes, but also you won't. You let's say you have money in Hong Kong, you're a foreign company. You're not gonna if you take everything out, you lose a lot of money too, right? Mm. You have losses. So yeah. you're not gonna do, you're not gonna make such a big decision over a small change. So, so you, they gradually change Hong Kong, and most likely foreign investors will just decide it's easier to stay than leave. Mm. And eventually, these small changes will rack up, but at that point, people will be like, oh, I'll stay anyway," you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so last question. This is from Nihar, um, and he asks, "How are the Hong Kong people feeling right now? Are they happy about the outcome? What's next?" 
feel great. So at this at this point, if someone were to uh, so at this point, um, if an event or a march were to be announced, people no longer worry if people will come out. Like is there is already taking for granted that at least at least two hundred k people will show up, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no there's not much doubts anymore in terms of um who's on their side. Like the people of Hong Kong um are not worried anymore if people are against them because they already know that is there it's already like established that um most of the world and most of the people of Hong Kong are on their side. Mm-hmm. That they don't need to worry about people against them anymore. Mm-hmm. They also don't need to worry about people not showing up or not participating. So, and like, especially from the, the past election two weeks ago, the majority of the city, personally, I believe, is so like from the results, it's just from the election results, 60%. Are pro democracy, and forty percent are pro Beijing. But I know myself that the pro Beijing party fake ballots. Oh, and they do it all the time. They do it all the time. It, and every single year, the same. They use the same trick. They give mm-hmm. um, elders gifts. They 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 use um, empty houses and use those as addresses to apply for um, election. It's the same trick every year. It's just that, like. It's just hard to like call out on it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I believe that even though the results are six to four, I believe it's seven to three. Mm-hmm. Most, I think, out of the seven million Hong Kong, five million of them are for the movement. I think it's five seven, but maybe it's four seven, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, there's not. There's no longer any doubt anymore in the Hong Kong people. There's just anger and frustration because um, the government still denies that denies the the government still refused to um, to respond to demands, but they also the government also still acts like as if this is all just people making a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and especially with now the bill passed, there's more um, confidence amongst people now. So, mm-hmm. while we know that it's not the end, it's not over yet, but like overall, the whole atmosphere is positive. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, as we're wrapping up, the final thing from we would like for you is what is one bit of advice you would like to leave our listeners? It could be a life advice, anything. Um, how about advices? Okay, sure. we're done for yeah. that. Yeah. To always keep your government in check. But how about this? The advice I want to give you guys is the the people. You know, the government works for the people. Mm-hmm. The people are the ones that are in control of the government. Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. If you don't like something, fix it and change it. But if you are not allowed or you can't fix it and change it, then something is wrong. Mm. So the government exists to serve you. The government is your servant. Never the other way around. And if it is, then something is wrong. And if someone ever has different opinions about what you do but it doesn't affect them then don't really don't really listen to it or don't let it affect you too much gotcha mm-hmm. okay awesome um, alright um, any uh, social media you would like to plug into this podcast and for the listeners to follow or check out your work um, follow me on Instagram uh, TAO033. Awesome. So again, Ivan, we just want to uh, say thank you for coming on. Um, I know, again, uh, scheduling and everything like that was very difficult to kind of like work around and coordinate. 
And again, we do appreciate your time, you know, taking out uh, an hour of your day just to kind of like come on and just uh, chat with us a little bit. And for our listeners, we just want to thank all of you guys for watching. And uh, for all of you guys that are listening on our social media platforms, we definitely thank you for listening as well. Mm-hmm. And Vince, you want to close us out? Yeah. Um, so make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, leave a comment on our platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook page, Instagram. Um, we definitely appreciate all your feedback. And uh, we like to kind of involve you guys more, have you guys participate more. And um, overall, like Chris said, thank you for watching and supporting us. Okay. Awesome. And with that said, we'll see you in the next one. And Bye-bye. take care.